Hello and welcome to another episode of Hot Takes, the Story Screen Presents podcast where we talk about new movies. I'm joined by two very special guests today, one of whom you know very well if you've listened to Hot Takes with me specifically because this is all we do now. It's just me and him, the brothers, the horror brothers. It's Jeremy Kolodzewski. Hi. And guess what, listener? We have another horror movie for you today, but that's not all. We have another special treat for you. Someone who's not as frequently on on Hot Takes and who I'm very excited and very happy to have on Hot Takes with us today. One Mike Burge. Whom you may know from Story Screen. It's it's me. He's the guy. It's the, he's the guy. He's the one. It's, it's me. He's the Story Screen guy. How you doing, Mike? I'm great. Um, yeah, uh, I've been, uh, I'm finally getting my little slice of, uh, quarantine life, uh, after both our movie theater and our bar restaurant were shut down, um, uh, responsibly so. So now I am just, uh, I'm going on week two, three, somewhere in there. Yeah. Here. Time gets slippery. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, mm-hmm. I'm like reading a shit ton Listening to music, uh, watching a lot of movies, and cleaning like crazy. So I am um... all good quarantine activities. Yeah, the essentials. Yeah, the essentials. Yeah, the bare necessities. Uh, well, is one of those movies uh, perhaps a little number called Anything for Jackson? It is. I uh, I watched wow. I watched this movie. At least my point of view of this was I watched this movie uh, kind of randomly. I heard whisperings about it on the horror circle, and then I saw that it dropped on Shutter because it is a Shutter release and it's exclusive. I have a Shutter exclusive. I have a Shutter account because I am a grown man that understands the decisions that need to be made. And I watched it, and I really liked it, and I uh, recommended it uh, to you, Jack. I wasn't sure if it was on your yes. radar or anything, but I was like. Watching the movie, not. and I was like, this has Jack written all over it, and I think he will like this. And then you watched it. And, well, it's, uh, it's, yeah. it's in the title. It turns out, dear reader, that Mike was exactly correct, because Mike told me about it. I watched it, and then immediately texted Jeremy and said, hey, you got to watch this thing. Yeah, it's like a chain. And here we are. It's like a chain letter. I've been doing really yep. good on the, the movie watch list this year. I've watched a, 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 an embarrassingly large amount, because... I've had a lot of extra time. Mm-hmm. Um, how many so do you got... crank out a day? On well, we don't have to get into how many times he cranks it a day, Jeremy. On be, average, be polite here. On average, I usually wait till Diana goes to bed, um, mm-hmm. and you know, just try and be quiet down in the basement. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll, right. uh, I'll usually crank out about two when that happens. A respectable uh, but, number. But sometimes, sometimes me and Diana crank it out together. Sure. Um, we'll crank out one or two together during, um, during the day or at night. I mean, you're at home all the time, so you might as well just, you got plenty of time to crank them out. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And she likes doing it with me, so. I would hope so. Yeah. 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 It's nice to share something like that together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, movies are an extremely special thing and it's, it's fun to share them with people. Yeah. You, of course. You, especially your loved ones. That you love. I uh, but I I was I've been watching a lot of horror movies because those are kind of the ones that you know there's so many horror movies constantly always coming out it's kind of hard to keep up with them um, so mm-hmm. I, I I tried to make it this year like I'm gonna see every single horror movie of 
interest, not even just of note where I just watched the trailer and I'm like, that seems cool. Anything for Jackson was when I saw the name and I was like, I don't even need to watch the trailer. I don't need to know what this is about. It's a good name. I saw it on like, you know, bloodydisgusting.com was like, hey, it's released. And I was like, anything for Jackson sounds like a pretty cool name and it's free. I was going to sit down and watch this. And uh, it was but I've been doing really good on recommendations. Like uh, I recommended Butt Boy and um, Love and Monsters to Robbie because though that those movies have Robbie written all over them. You guys would also probably really like Butt Boy, too, if you haven't seen it yet. Butt Boy. Butt Boy. It's fantastic. It's about a. Uh, uh, a, a cop in AA who is hunting down a serial killer who uh, is also in the AA class who uh, uh, kills people by uh, sucking them up his ass. Ah, oh. oh. And it is interesting. fantastic. Sounds like some greasy strangler shit. It is. Yeah. It's definitely might some greasy to, strangler shit. Might have to look into that one and, and crank that one out. Um, and but boy. lastly on the subject, and then we can do this thing. Uh, Jeremy recommended survival skills to me, which I really liked. And that wasn't on my radar at all. Uh, but when I started watching it, I remembered that I had seen the short from like two years ago or so that it's, oh. that it's based on. I had seen it. I don't even remember how I think it was Cruz and Vimeo or something like that. I had seen something, whether it was the entire short or not, but I, cause I recognized the guy and then I was like, Oh, right. That's like this. Oh, right. And uh, that was a fun that was a fun, uh, fun little movie to watch. Thank you for recommending it, Jeremy. Yeah, no problem. I'll have more detailed thoughts on survival skills uh, when my list gets released. Ooh, spoiler alert! Ooh, spoilies. Yeah. Um. Well, okay. I think we've we've talked around it enough. Let's let's talk about this actual flick. Mm. Uh, anything for Jackson, Mike? Do you want to take a crack at just uh, giving giving our viewers like a a very basic rundown on on what anything for Jackson is? Uh, sure. Um, anything for Jackson is, uh, a horror film. Um, it's very nice, satanic kind of exorcist <laughs> style, uh, horror movie. Uh, I, I saw a des- description of this as a, a reverse exorcism movie. And sure. I feel like that's, that's good. That's a very succinct way to sum well, it that's, up. That's what the ritual is called. But it very much has has the tropes of of your typical exorcism, yeah. Movie, yeah, right, right, yes. And I I would say from there, like if this is enough for you and you have a Shutter account, especially, just go watch it because I I do, I think this one is 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 cool to just see how it unfolds and see how it kind of like tells you what's going on. Um, so it would be fun to go into this one pretty much as blind as possible. Pretty much as soon as you told me to watch this movie, Mike, I just I didn't even watch a trailer or anything. I just like I highly recommend right that too. Because me too, I didn't know what it was. Absolutely. So getting to learn what it is, um, especially with that opening shot, which you know it the the opening scene is just like, what is this movie? Trying to figure it out was kind of the fun of what the movie was for me. At Absolutely. Least. I, Absolutely. I don't really, really even watch trailers in general. Anymore. Oh, cool, Jeremy. That's well, cool. I'm not, I'm, not even, I'm not even. I'm not oh. even saying like anything like that. It's just like from from the way movies are distributed these days. If people just recommend me a movie or just tell me about it, I just like totally. You can just sit down and watch it. You don't have to watch a trailer. Yeah, fair enough. I watched I the mean, trailer yeah. for this movie called Hunter Hunter. Uh, that I and then I watched it. It's that Devin Sawa Nick Stahl movie. Wow, I've heard people talk about it. Really fucking good movie. Terrible ending, depending on who you are. 
I, I didn't think the ending really jived, but I can totally mm. get why people would. I, it's really cool movie. But the trailer for that is just absolute dog shit. I watched the trailer and I was like, I don't want to watch this. And I finally just like succumbed. I was like, I got to hit an H today. What's an H that I still have? And I had hit, used up all my H's. So I was like, all right, Hunter, Hunter, it is. That's That has nothing to do with Hunter... No, not cross not hunter, hunter X no. hunter. Okay, and it has okay. nothing to do. I've seen with... that name before. I was like, did they just do um, a Death Note kind of thing? Or yeah, no, this is like it's completely separate. It's like a hunter hunting a wolf while serial killer hunts. Uh, it's a lot, and it has nothing oh, to do hunter, with hunter. Um, hunter Hunter. It has nothing to do with Hunter Killer, which is a submarine movie with Gerard hmm. Butler, no. which has nothing to do with To Hunt a Killer, which is a tabletop board game sort of subscription based uh service that uh could very well sponsor this podcast someday if they're interested and they're listening uh hit us up which also has nothing to do with killing of the hunter which is a movie i made up but probably okay. actually didn't that's probably yeah, the name probably of something stop that joke there i think yeah if, well, by the time we're making stuff up um yeah so if if you want to keep listening and you want to hear us talk a little bit more, but pre-spoiler version, I would say basically the summary of this movie is um, these two grandparents who have lost their their grandchild kidnap a pregnant woman and try to get the spirit of their grandchild into that woman. That's the basic like plot setting of this movie. And uh, from there, who ha- hilarity ensues. Happens to be uh, Michael Jackson. Hence the title. Right. 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 It's my Yeah, you know what, know. guys? I don't want to be true. on this podcast anymore. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna kidding. This is the kind of quality you've come, you've signed <laughs> I don't up for. I know if so. I want to do this. It's, oh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> All right. Well, you just you just killed the pace of this journey. Yeah, you so just killed you've it. Like, here, I'll reinvigorate you. Okay. Pick All, right. All right. Austin All right. Powers on VHS here with I'll me. Say- that's wow. Awesome. No, no, no. Let Jeremy work his way out of this mess he's created for himself. I'll say, I'll say this about the movie. I thought this movie was kind of a breath of fresh air for me for two. Okay. I'll, I'll say this. Um, this movie was a breath of fresh air because I feel like a lot of modern horror kind of fits into two different categories. You have your horror movies where it's also like a metaphor for trauma. You have your Midsummer, your Hereditary, your Invisible Man, and it's it's either like a like a traumatic metaphor or it's like a social metaphor. And then you have your other category, which is like far more campy and a lot more uh, reminiscent of eighties nostalgia. You have your VFW, you have your Mandy, and what I found refreshing about uh, anything for Jackson was that it was just like a pure modern genre movie i suppose so which i I definitely think there is some metaphorical stuff around the thoughts of loss sure sure but it didn't which can be traumatic but it didn't really like get in the way no i mean i i think that's how an effective movie should really work is that the the themes or the metaphors shouldn't get in the way of what the movie is doing, but I definitely do agree with you that I think this movie does a good job executing on like some pure genre kind of fun yes. uh, while still being grounded. I think the most important thing for me is it's grounded in people that I immediately are like interested and invested in. Um, 
including the grandparents who are doing this thing and all the other people that are involved kind of around this whole thing. And it has... What do you think? Oh, go ahead, Jeremy. And it has a very interesting tone where it's like, it's at times very darkly comedic. Yes. But it's not really like hyper-focused on the dark humor. The dark humor just like comes and goes seemingly at like unexpected times. Like it's it's not really like... uh, it's it's not being really showy with its humor. There's like a level of just kind of absurdity in the very like basic premise of what's going on here that I think is played for for like some. I, there were times where I was like, "Am I supposed to find this funny?" Because this is pretty kind of this is funny right now. Uh, what do you think, Mike? Uh, I agree with everything you guys are saying. I think that it is one of the most interesting things that I found about the movie is, um, or rather, are the subtleties that it does in all of these things. The movie is just as much about, uh, you know, loss and grief, trauma and all of that stuff like Jeremy was talking about as something like Midsummer and Hereditary, but they never really, uh, they never push it out too much. They never almost like, and not disrespectfully take it too seriously. They're like, this Mm -hmm. is what this is. This is the motivator. And in the same way with the comedy, like this is, I, anything for Jackson, if I were to recommend it to a horror fan is Hereditary with um the attitude of trick or treat that and mm-hmm. that it never fully goes into the goofiness but there are certain moments in this movie that are some of the coolest shit i've seen in a horror movie oh, definitely. because they feel so out of place with the rest of the tone and the style the stylization of the movie and it keeps happening more and more and you realize that that's being done on purpose that they are right. kind of goading you into what you think the tone of this movie is and where you think it's going. And then they start throwing you curveballs. And once you think you understand the rules of what's going on, then they sort of change them. They do them in very cool expository and non-expository ways. I think the movie is great with its rules and understanding what this ritual is and what people are trying to do and how they're going to keep fucking up. It's, it's very funny to see all of these different things uh, being planned out almost Ocean's Eleven style. And then you slowly sure. start seeing things kind of fall apart as of course they're going to, because the movie's an hour and a half and it's not just going to happen. And I agree too that. I, I think that the, the acting in this is one of the most important parts. Every single character from uh, the main grandparents and um, the kidnapped woman uh, down to even uh, the guy who shovels the snow uh, there's some amazing character yeah. acting going on in this movie, and it's, it's a lot uh, of fun. It's special. It's a really, really special movie. It's a it's a movie that feels like it is punching way, way above its weight. Like for the budget that it probably has, this it doesn't movie really have any no budget. This is right, yeah. almost nothing. But I still think it looks great. I think all the actors are like firing all, all cylinders and are playing their roles really well. And I think there's, I. I as I mentioned before a little bit, like I think that's what makes a horror movie for me work the best is like when I care about the characters on screen, that makes me feel more connected to the danger of the situation that they're in, which makes the horror more effective for me. And I think Jeremy, you put it really well that like it doesn't quite, and and Mike, both of you together, I think made this point really nicely that like it doesn't quite go so far down the like quote unquote prestige Horror it's not embarrassed like, to be a horror movie. 
It's not even that. It's just like, I think Mike put it nicely. Like, like some of these movies, you know, I love movies like Hereditary and, and, and The Witch and Midsummer. obviously. I talk about them all the time, but like, those are very self-serious movies. Yeah, it's right. a, it's a um, flavor. And uh, like, I like that yeah, flavor, but sometimes exactly. it's kind of refreshing to see something. That's why Trick or Treat is such a masterclass yes. of horror movie, because it doesn't really take itself so seriously. And it obviously loves horror movies. Like, this is a movie that these the writers and the creators of this love these types of exorcism satanic movies. Like there are speckles of many satanic movies going back to the fifties that are sprinkled all throughout this thing. This is, this is an act of love. This entire movie is really in love with the specific genre of horror that they're in. And that kind of giddiness comes through. And that's something me as like a horror fan loves to see sometimes in a movie, something expertly and artfully crafted, but also these guys are having a great time making this. Absolutely. Yeah. It's super fresh in that way. And I, and I think it, it honestly has some of the like most fun and like genuinely fucked up kind of scary. Dude, there's some fucked up shit in this movie. Like there's some fucked up shit in this movie. And I, I'm really good at horror movies. They don't really scare. Like I, I I very rarely like, like not to show off or anything. This is my Jeremy moment where I'm really showing off. Um, (laughs) I'm just kidding. Um, but it's like this movie, like legitimately had me kind of creeped out at like two o'clock in the morning. And I was like, definitely, I was like, Hey, this is like kind of fucking creepy spooky it's pretty spooky there were definitely moments where i like i like clap my hands and oh shit like they got me a little bit that's a good one all right that's a good one nice good on you movie we'll we'll speak to those uh specifically once we get to spoiler zone which i think we're probably going to be coming up on pretty soon here kind of like when you're like in you're in like one of those haunted like hay rides or one of those haunted uh like mazes and like someone gets you real good and you're just like nice you got me. Yeah, nice. I think that I think that summarizes the tone here. Also, like because there is that there there is that it definitely has a sense of humor. Um, it's playful. That it's going for yeah, it's playful, and especially I think if you are as deep into the horror genre as the three of us on this podcast are, you know, you see those things and just appreciate what they're doing. So yeah, because that's my my kind of take that I I think I've mentioned before, but probably at this point hundreds of episodes ago probably on the first honestly i think jeremy me and you talked about this on our um the devil's candy uh episode that we did way back when um is that's a throwback uh, every movie every good horror movie should be uh, or pretty much is a horror maze and it's like because people are signing up for the horror movie they know it's a horror movie and they have decided to go in because they want to be scared. They want to like have this like little journey and like they're picking their genre based on that. And it's the movies that understand the ma- like that's why I think the Saw movies and stuff like that are actually like insanely good because like they understand the haunted mansion-esque nature of horror movies the best. Like those Saw movies are literally a like 2K HD uh, hundred, like hundred million dollar budgeted horror mansions where you go room to room and you just see different fucked up shit happening to people yep. that's not happening to you. And it's just like, right. it's that's a very interesting way to go about. And that's not what the movies always were. They really became that in Saw 2. Saw 1 is, as we all know, a masterpiece and will never die. Um, but It's been a long time since I've seen any of those The first movies. Saw, I, I rewatched and... it a couple years ago just to kind of see if it's still clapped. And that movie, if you remove what it becomes... And like the kind of 
insidious stuff that it kind of created no pun intended uh it's it's a very cool indie horror movie and it's like doing things that no one had ever done it's a lot like Blair Witch Project and Paranormal Activity in that way where it just created all of this stuff now that everyone's and if it wasn't for the first saw we wouldn't have gotten Hostile Part 2 which is ah I feel like Seven is like the progenitor of like all those movies in a way. Seven, sure, it's, yeah. It's 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 yeah. it seems yeah, it's it seemed like uh, a lot of like it, a lot of those like moments of of the seven deadly sins, like the kills. Like you never mm. really see any of the kills. Yeah. So I feel like those those um, those minds, like your James Wands and your Eli Ross, who's like, I actually want to yeah. see like the seven like, deadly like sins. A thematic gross art. Yeah. Should I go back and watch all those Saw movies? All of them, I no. pretty much saw them all, most of them. I want to say I went up to like five or six. Yeah, when six came out, when six was being like called, like that's the last one, I went to a movie theater and watched all of the Saws like all day long. Oh and my they gave God. us like a lunch break and stuff like to like come back and then a dinner break. Oh, I'm sure you were hungry. Yeah. And then, mm-hmm. uh, and then you watch like Saw six, like right before midnight or whatever. And uh, they just like, they're all the same movie after, t- they after two. Guess, they're all yeah. the same movie. Two's a very interesting spin on what they were doing in one. And one, I think, is a very cool artistic independent film, whether or not it, it spawned all this stuff. Which is the one Three, with the, I remember being pretty good. Which is the one with the healthcare workers? Because two's the one with the needles. I remember Cause, that. Because right? two's there's the one, one where of they them. get thrown in the. Because two's the one where it's the like a bunch of, of people wake up in a house and they don't know who they right. are and they start yes. going around. Th- there's one of them where it then, has like this whole healthcare angle. I think that that might be four, because <laughs> Jigsaw says Medicare for because all. Because honestly, yeah, three happens <laughs> okay. and then four I is mean. like a twist on what happened in three. And then five is happening and you realize it's been happening at the same time as like something else, something like that. Like they just keep trying to kind of one up the twist at the end of the first one that they don't have to do because the twist at the end of the first one, like, is not like legendary. It's just really cool. Like, it's not like, oh, my God, Bruce Willis was dead. It's just more like, oh, it was that. That's cool. Bruce Willis was not dead. Yeah, I still I remember, though. Being in the theater opening day for Saw and everybody like the the marketing machine behind that thing was so intense. Everyone was like, what is this thing? Can't wait to see it. And when that ending happened, I was in a, like, a packed theater and people were just like people started ripping each other's arms off and like screaming. Whoa. They were climbing up the walls like people couldn't believe it. That had its Boy, I do miss that theater experience. Saw premiered at Sundance, didn't it? Probably, yeah. I think I think it had its initial premiere at Sundance, which is kind of wild to think about. Yeah. It's an art film. So, going back to anything for Jackson, one thing that uh that that stands out is if you look up the director and you realize that this movie comes from a very unexpected place. Go the, on. The director of this movie, his name is Justin G Dick. Deek? It's okay. We're it's all adults. D- yeah, it's it's D Y C K. Um like like Dick Dick. Yeah. And um this is he is not a first-time director. <laughs> Far from it. He has okay. actually directed upwards of 30 Lifetime and Hallmark original Christmas movies. Nice. Specifically. 
Like nice. he is their Christmas guy. Yeah. Okay. And so he was ready to uh, pivot a little bit. <laughs> well, that's also okay. the uh, the writer is uh, I had his name Keith Cooper uh, co wrote it with him, and they are like childhood friends. And Keith Cooper actually wrote a lot of these Christmas movies along with him. And hmm. I think because this is what me and Jeremy were talking about before we started recording, where I was like trying to like look up some, you know, just some trivia and some facts on it for the podcast. And I was like, am I on the right IMDb page? Does this guy have the same name as this guy? Because it's literally anything for Jackson this year and coming out later this year, something like, you know, uh, like Rudolph's tent pole. And then like 30 Mm -hmm. before that are just like ponytails in Christmas time, South Carolina, and I'll be home for holidays. And these guys seem to have just created, and it's only been going on for about six years. They've jammed out like 30 of these things, some of them on both, some of them on separate ones in like six years. They're just jamming these things out. And then the only thing I can find on the making of anything for Jackson, and maybe Jeremy, you found more, is that the two of these guys approached producers and were just like, we have this idea for a movie. We can shoot it at both of our houses, which the movie is shot at both of their houses and we can make it for very cheap. We know actors that we have worked with in all of these Christmas movies that we think. So that was going to be my next question. That was going to be my next question. And they just made this thing. It, it It is a truly like independent like dream project for these guys that they busted their ass making really, I haven't seen them, but I assume shitty Christmas movies uh, for Lifetime and Hallmark Channel. When you do 30 in six years, the quality is not always... uh, I can't imagine. But then they just like kind of laid down their cards and they got like five producers to like, like they got them to sign the fuck on like right away and they were off to the races. Yeah, the the whole movie is shot in the writer's, uh, the writer's house and the only thing that's not is um, a basement scene and the actual room scene that's shot in the director's house. Everything else is like... What about the doctor's office? Probably yeah. actually a doctor's office. But like the probably. brunt of everything. Yeah. The house. The movie mainly takes place in the house. And now I feel like we're, right. we're steering a, a little bit more towards... We're starting to get there. I think we're ready talk, to go yeah. to spoilers. But to, that is a, that, that's a very heartwarming story. To put it in per, into perspective, um, anything for Jackson is the sixth movie that Justin uh, G. Dick has released this year. Wow. It's Good this movie. and five other Christmas movies. And I, I so, kind of want to so, watch one of these things and see what's going on. Like, what if they're all great? He's a clearly a talented director. Um, are the grandparents from, like, some some of those Christmas movies? Were they in... I think those Christmas movies. Did you guys look at that? I didn't look specifically at cast, but that's the that's the uh, the intonation that I got from the little trivia blurb that I read, which is like when they approached these guys, they were like, "Look, we've got all these producers that say we we hit our shit on time. We know what we're doing. We're professional. We have all these actors that we've worked with that said that they would be interested in being in this. We have the sets. We know exactly what we're doing. We have the crews. Like they essentially just cobbled together." like their perfect version of what they would want to do to actually make the exact like antithesis opposite of what they had been doing for six years. I love that. It's, it doesn't it make you like the movie more. Oh it's yeah. Like, I already like this movie really quite cool. a bit, but I, I love that even more. The, uh, Everyone in this movie, all the actors yeah. in this movie, like look very familiar. 
but I can't place them. The um, I, I think they just kind of have those faces. The, right? the grandfather, at the very least, has a lot of small roles in like a lot of genre work. Yeah, because mm-hmm. he he's, like, he's just got yeah. that very kind of like you know he's got that very elder Sherlock Holmes kind of like yeah. look to him. He he does small semi-British roles. semi-British. Yeah, accent. he needs he help like, with the potatoes down the stairs, like that kind of look. Yeah. Especially in a lot of genre television, like he's in Doom Patrol. He's in um, tw- the Twelve Monkeys series. He's in Channel mm. Zero, and he has names like the Gardener, and <laughs> and advisor to the witness, mm. and uh, yeah, he's he's just got that look. He was in Orphan Black, uh, American Gods. He was in The Witch. Oh, he's I guess he's in that beginning. He, he must have been. Yeah, he must have been one of the the other. He's listed as governor. Yeah, one of the, the the politicians that kick him out of the. Oh yeah, the town yeah. The maybe beginning. he hands down the sentence of like you, you got to get out of here. So interesting. Okay. As far as what I can tell from this uh, IMDb, this looks like um, uh, a rare lead role for him. Well, I think he knocked it out of the park. Honestly, I think everybody. I said it before. I think everybody in this this movie is is doing great. All right, I think that probably covers it for our spoiler. We actually went a lot longer on our spoiler-free section than we normally do. So you guys ready to talk about some spoilers for this movie? Totally. Cool. We'll be right back with just that. So, Mike, you mentioned in the spoiler-free uh, version or section of this podcast the opening of this movie, and I immediately want to talk about that because I really like the way that they framed that first shot for the opening of this movie, especially if you kind of are going into a blind, you have no idea what's going on. I love how they just have that like static shot of their kind of like kitchen as you see these two elderly people just kind of going about their morning. And then next thing you know, they're dragging a woman into the house who is screaming and fighting for her life. It's just such like a, a, a strong intro to this whole thing. Perfect word for it. Like that's, I was watching it and I didn't know what this movie was, as I had mentioned before. And I just like press play and I'm like, sure, I'm, I'm in Spooktown for an hour and a half. I'm into this. What do we got here? And it starts off with some very strong, like, oh, these are two little old cuties. Again, mm-hmm. I have no idea what this movie is. So I'm just like, yep. Okay. These are our good guys. There's an upside down cross on the logo, so this is probably satanic. So right. these guys are probably right, going right, to get right. fucked with. Okay, and then yeah, it, there's like the twist of just like they drag this person in, and you see it all in one shot. Them loading loading her into a into an elevator, and it's going down. And then you get that awesome opening title card, which I'm falling more and more in love with title cards these days. As I watch more and more oddball movies, a title card is really important to, Can start, be really to effective. start off that message of what's going on. Yeah, I agree. How do you feel about late title cards? Remember when Those we went fun. and saw Mandy in theater? And yeah. because technically the first half of Mandy is called like like Children of something or Children other. Children of the New Dawn. Of the New Dawn. Yep. And then Mandy happens when the movie becomes what it was advertised at, which is halfway through the movie. And when that happened, remember it was me, you and Robbie and like Tim, right? No, no. Tim Tim was with us. No, Tim was was with us. But then it was just like, I was going to say like five other people in the theater. And when that happened, it was just like, Oh yeah. 
Dude, watching Mandy top five theater experiences of all time for me, I want to say. It's fun. It was I fun. saw that in a full crowd. I agree. And then, because the, yeah. we went to one of the pre screenings, and then Kevin Smith was going to like live stream in and talk about it. And the three of us we were, were like, like, fuck that. We got to go right. home and talk about this. I, yeah, actually, we're good. I actually stuck around and watched that. Totally. I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was fine. I have nothing against Kevin Smith. Really. I just wanted I to just like. I don't. I just want to leave and, and go talk about. this I just movie. wanted to listen to what like Pamos Cosmatos and Nicolas Cage had Very to say. True. Well, because we also had to That's record. Fair. We we had to record yeah. the hot take, and we we're just like, I don't want to listen to the director and Kevin Smith talk about this for two hours. Like, we need to go talk about it now. Yeah, That's fair. Yeah. I was I was just chilling by myself at the draft house. So. It's not about oh, the draft house. Yeah. Anyway, um, so yeah, I mean, I, now we could just fully spoil this movie and talk about this movie, and there's like a lot to talk about. So I don't want to, I don't want to get too hung up on any one particular thing. But like, I think, I think what struck me was like the 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 way that these these two people, the grandparents in question here, are sympathetic in a way but at the same time doing something very terrible that is completely wrong i think is so like perfect for like what drives this whole movie and i think again the performances of everybody involved like really just makes it makes the core of this movie work for me and then all the like scares uh just work so well and i think the way that they weave in some of that satanic stuff because so often when movies do satanic stuff it's so corny and there is I think there is like an inherently corniness about like Satanism and the church of Satanism and the way that, you know, Satanism is kind of like a parody religion in itself that some people take to more direct degrees of seriousness or not. Like all religions. I love the way. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) true, true. But I mean, you know, Satanism itself, like technically is not a real religion. It is an an ideology that is, you know... Focus on yourself, practice yourself, be yourself, and not worry about necessarily like it's it's the anti-religion, mm-hmm. right? But this movie takes it to the degree of like, you know, Satan is real and we're actually worshiping him, and uh maybe one of us wants to like kind of summon him into the world. Yeah. And like you gotta love a good like a book written by the devil in like a like yes. like evil dead. You know, the Necronomicon. Like, you gotta love a good, ratty book. They're like, oh, it's written in different languages created over the years. It might be the first book ever written. Like, they say say that, and I'm like... found the Necronomicon. I'm like, they say that word, like, it might be the first book ever written. And to some people, that might be an extremely cheesy line of dialogue to read. I hear that, and I go, cool, yeah, Yeah. I'm into this. Yeah. Yeah, there is a amount of lore in this movie that I really like. The The movie that this movie reminded me of, and since I've seen this movie that I'm about to mention, I've kind of been like looking for another movie that scratched the same itch that I have not found this far. This I don't think this movie fully gets there, but it's the closest I think anything has come. Do either of you want to guess at what I'm about to Dark say? Dark Song? Yep, that's yeah, the one. This does come very close to Dark Song. Yeah. I think a dark song has a little bit more of the you, like the self seriousness to, to it. Screening of that, right? That's where you saw it. I had, you seen, had it seen it prior to that. Right. Yes, 
But I came to the screening to see it again because I, I deeply, deeply love it. Seeing that, movie. that movie with a crowd is not a thing that I think a lot of people got the opportunity to do. And watching that movie with a crowd, no. especially people who had no idea what it was, which is because we showed it at the horror show a few years ago. And part of the beauty of the horror show is that the screenings are free. Right. So it's like anyone can just show up, even if they don't know what the movie is. And a dark song is very at the beginning and starts getting pretty fucking wacky. A dark song is um, a lot more punishing to the viewer. I would say this movie is a much more lighthearted, uh, but, but as far as like having like a lore and some world building to it, I think this yeah. movie like is the but, closest to it. And especially it being involved, like a ritual. Yeah, going like on. I mentioned before the rules in this movie, you know me, I'm a big rules guy. I like it when I can kind of understand what's going on and I can kind of feel the choices being made. That, that creates tension with me very well. It's one of the reasons I didn't like Tenet. Um, mm, you know, and yep. I, I honestly do believe that the more I watch Tenet, the more I would understand it and like the movie. The problem is it's probably going to take me at least two or three more watches to get to a point where I'm enjoying what I'm watching, but we're not here to bash Tenet again. Um, Sure. But one of sure. the things that a dark song does that this movie also does that um, is 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 so interesting is that, you know, it does a little bit of the whole lore building and it does a little bit of the it doesn't take itself too seriously, but it does one of my favorite things, especially a horror movie can do. But any genre is that it's not afraid to go. It knows that movies can do whatever they want. And it's yes. not afraid to be held back by, um, you know, budget or confusion. It'll just do things. And you're just like, wait, why is there just like a twisty person walking around? And it's just like, it doesn't fucking matter. Look, it's cool. And they it's cool. It's like the ghost scene, like the trick or treat scene is one of the coolest fucking things I've seen all year. And yes. it's and it's it's like it's like a three act short film all in of its own. And it's just the the. The introduction to the idea is so interesting. The execution of the whole play out of the scene is so much fun to watch. And then the ending, the big climax is just like, oh, I didn't see that coming. And it's very cool. And you're talking about the tall ghost the tall coming, ghost out, of the coming out of the elevator. Yes. It's like, it's great. And then later on, you find out like the. It goes directly into the backstory. You find out the backstory of it and where that comes from and how mm -hmm. these souls or this specific one soul, which it's never really communicated what exactly is happening. It could be a bunch of souls doing things, or it could just be this one guy fucking with them. Well, like a dark song, I, like, I'm not your little boy. I'm just some fuck messing yeah, with you. Yeah, it's great. It's fucking great. Yeah. It's really it's cool. Great. Uh, I love the detective stuff, too. Just kind of jumping around. I, I don't want to jump around too much, but like, I think the detective that like ends up uh, shooting herself is one of the the funniest things I have seen this year in any movie. It's so clever. It is an it's insanely... So she's been doing that all she's night. She's been doing it all night. The look on her yeah. face when she does it, the different times she does it, the different places she shows up, the fact that she's the catalyst of the salt and then the rules of the salt being laid out. Like, oh, we can keep her away from annoying us if we put down salt. Mm -hmm. Just make sure you don't touch it. And then fucking douchebag mcgee is the one that touches it and it's it, it's a fantastic fun movie and it's beautifully 90 minutes long Mwah. you gotta love oh, it it's crisp crisp a perfect crisp length yeah 
Um, Jeremy, did you have anything to add there? You've been quiet for a bit. Yeah, well, you know, it's not it's not his fault. I just keep talking. I'm sorry. The the yeah, mic okay. the, when the mic train starts going. You I know, can't stop it. I'm sorry. I love movies so it, much. It's okay. It's okay. I do want to come back and, and talk about the Satanist guy in a bit, but Jeremy, I wanted to give you the floor. Uh, this, so this movie kind of reminded me a little bit of like Coen Brothers film in a way. It felt like they took a bunch mm-hmm. of Coen Brothers characters and plopped them into an exorcist plot. Just everybody is out of their depths. Everyone is out of their depths. Everyone is like really like down to earth and like really salt of the earth. And they get in over their heads in this situation and they're like, they're like bumbling, but they're not bumbling in a way where it's like over the top. They're bumbling in a very real way. Like you're raising Arizona or your big Lebowski. They're they're like, they're just like, I got this, I got this. And it's like, no, you do not have this. Yeah. Yeah. They, they don't, they don't have like any, any kind of handle on the situation at all. But that's what makes it like fun and effective to watch in that the the movie takes takes a turn very early on when they're like they're performing the reverse exorcism like pretty early on in the movie. And then things, I was surprised how early into the movie they did that. And then things like immediately go wrong. So it puts you on edge in a way that like you don't know what's where this is going to go next. And, and that first exorcism scene is so good. Yeah. When that spooky crow guy comes out, oh man, that's that's awesome. Some some really gnarly and effective practical work, and uh, yeah, it has this much much like the best Coen Brothers movies. It has a uh, it has a fun uh, rogues gallery of uh, fun side characters that get their little moments. This like movie, the, uh, this movie also has one of my favorite things a movie can have too, which is that moment like close to the third act where someone new comes in that's taking a look at what's been going on that knows a little Mm -hmm. bit more and goes oh wait you thought you did this no 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 you did Uh this like i love it when that happens in a movie i think it's really badass where he's just like where he like opens the picture and he's like this is the guy this is the guy that you called Okay, look, no, no, okay, first off... I shouldn't and, be here, and for like, one. And Jack, you <laughs> yeah. wanted to talk about this character. I think he's an amazing yes. character. I think his attitude is so realistic. Like, that's what... Not to not to it's, paint with dude, such a wide is, brush, but that's what a lot of these people are oh like. Oh, my God. And, yes. and it's... it's I, I am friends with a lot of uh, people who are uh, worshipping active or just passive Satanists. Really? Um, yeah. It's oh. it's a big thing. Like uh, we got to remember, I was in the military, so I was Fair working enough. with people. That's the brunt of where I met most of them. And also, when I would go to um, Indiana and Ohio, a lot of Satanists out there, because like mm. they're just like it's it starts off as a way to rebel against this bullshit community that's building around you, and you find one other person that has it, and now you're just like you know they're just Satanists. Like they're not actually doing anything wrong. They're just like like a lot like Jack was saying like. You just kind of, it's the anti-religion. It's the, I'm not going to follow mm-hmm. any rules or norms. None of those things make sense. I'm going to focus on me and I don't really care how I, how that affects other people. And that's kind of the major attitude where it's like these people kind of develop this apathetic, these apathetic mannerisms that come across as being rude or dickish and can eventually grow into something else. 
And I think that that's his character in the movie is just such a fun. That guy's got such a look. It's, it's perfect. He's got the, the most elaborate comb over of all it's time. Insane. And then, yeah. And then when shit really hits the fan, he just goes like, he like brushes it all back at the end. I was like, that is very satisfying. Yeah, uh, but it's just, he's just like such a little nerd about it. You know, like he's just studied his whole life. He's had his, his nose in this book, these books, his whole life. And then runs into these, you know, Grammy and Grampy who are, who are showing up at the weekly Satanist, uh, meet yeah, up there uh, in the back of the library. They're easy marks. Like as soon as he finds out yeah. they actually have it, he's like, "Wait, what? You guys actually I have love this that book?" Too. I like, love he's that like, scene where he's, "I'm gonna take this right now," and yeah. he's yeah. like, "He's like working out a way to do it," and he's like, "Well, I need a sacrifice." So uh, yeah, like it all works out for him. He's cool, man. He's a cool guy. He's uh, one of my best friends. There's a great little moment. Where the grandpa is asking him all these questions, and he just sighs and goes, "I don't fucking know, man." Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, because that's that's what's so good about it too yeah. is he is also very much out of mm. his depth, even though it's like his passion project, right? Um, and I, I love the little like when he brings that little Tupperware of blood in. You talked about like how he like wards away the detective with that little Tupperware of blood. There's no sort of just like no one sort of says anything about it. He's just like, yeah, just a, a sacrifice and you can kind of ward away, keep away the ghost. And then later you get the phone call from the other person from the, the Satanist group who's like, he killed his yeah. mom. Yeah, such it's a good great review. stuff, man. Where you don't even think stuff. about like, where do you get that? And even if you do, you're like, oh, I guess that's easily written off like sure yeah he's got a little tupperware thing the fact that it's in tupperware is like you know it's very it's very cohen-esque it's a lot like the folgers like the coffee can you know with donnie's ashes like there's a there's a very backwoodsy like kind of feel to it uh the the cohen brothers thing is such a is such a great take jeremy i love that Mm -hmm. um yeah i will say if i have a little bit of a criticism though I think that the redheaded dude didn't get quite a satisfying ending. Sure. I, I kind yeah, of like so. that he just gets pulled off and his death isn't glorified. I, I think the movie starts to become a little bit more preoccupied with other stuff. Like it's given us a bunch of deaths beforehand where it's like snowmobile plow and shooting in the head and like all this different stuff where I Maybe think they're because... just like, they're like, this guy's gone now. And what doesn't what happens to him in your mind is worse because he gets dragged off by like the the Some meet the cr- like meet dude. the pretty yeah, little yeah. creatures that hide among the flowers type of guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. have you, have Maybe, you guys ever it... seen Disturbing Behavior? No, I have not. I have not. You both, I'm pointing. You both mm-hmm. would love that movie. Right. It's like a WB. Early aughts, late nineties. Katie Holmes, Nick Stahl, James Marsden, uh, 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 Bruce Greenwood. It's fucking great. You would love it. Wow, Watch Stahl. it immediately. Noted. It's the second time Noted. Nick Stahl has been brought up. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. He, hopefully, he's coming back. Devin Sawa is also amazing in Hunter Hunter. Yeah, that's it for me on that. Maybe maybe it's maybe it's just because we we saw we saw so many great deaths in a row that just like that one guy's death just felt a little anticlimactic to me at the time. I guess so, but at the same time, like a lot of things are popping off at the same time, and I do think I was very satisfied with the ending of 
you know, the pregnant woman getting away and being able to drive away, which it was a little weird that she drove away and then just immediately seemed to drive into the spookiest, most secluded woods in the world. I don't know. It, I don't think it's really clear where this, where this movie takes place, but um, I would think she would want to drive towards the people, but who, my, knows? who knows where my she is. recollection of it, and again, I saw like about, it's got to be like a week ago now or something like that, something like that. Mm-hmm. My recollection of it is that she gets out and she just starts driving because she's hysterical and she's just driving down the road. And I figured that she was just driving down a road and ended up kind of going around in circles, which is what leads her back uh, for like the final shot, which is because she's kind of started to get herself together a little bit. And maybe Mm -hmm. she had to like Mm -hmm. turn around or something or like drive a little bit more. But it 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 certainly looks cool. It looks really fucking cool. And like you said earlier, this movie is not afraid to just do, you know, it can do anything. And it does the sort of um, almost cabin in the woods like, no, we're going to fucking summon the devil. I can't believe and, these and guys it, we did it. made we all did these it. Christmas movies. I can't get this out of my fucking head that the guys that made anything for Jackson... <laughs> made some of these movies and some of the names of these movies just look at the imdb of this guy it's like what the fuck is going on it's crazy dude i guarantee you that our mother jeremy and i's mother has seen numerous of we should these do movies, a, we should so do we a should hot say, take with hey, her mom, we're doing hey mom uh, hey if you like cookie cutter <laughs> christmas <laughs> you should I was, check I was out. actually telling mom about this movie and i and i told her about that she found it pretty funny uh, our mother would faint if she saw Probably. this movie. Our mother is a uh, a God fearing woman who would who would have a, a, a rough time with this one. Let's say. I mean, yeah, uh, there's Bob. A, there's remember, a, you know, Bob Clark directed A Christmas Story and Black Christmas. Hey, so, that's that's very true. That's a good one. The, he the, this guy directed eleven episodes of something called The Pony Sitters Club. This wow. is great stuff. Hmm. hmm. Oh, he made it. Oh, whoa, you know, whoa, whoa. He made like an actual movie movie called Best Friend from Heaven. That doesn't sound like a movie Wait, movie. Wait, what is this? The Witch's Ball? What is this? Is it? Nope, that's a kid's movie. I was like, wait, did he get super detention? I'll tell you this what. This is great. Oh, I'll my tell you God. what. Oh, my God. Whatever <laughs> the next the, thing I'm he sorry. does, I, I hope that he continues to, to make movies like this because. He's a very, very strong horror director, and I hope that uh, this movie, more people see this movie, and this movie catches on. Uh, I mean, if he's if it's a Shutter exclusive, he's clearly in the right hands, um, or working with oh, the right people. And Christmas I hope he continues. Movie. That would be cool. Like, what if, that like, cool. what if it like starts out as like a typical Lifetime Christmas movie, and it like looks exactly like one, and then it slowly like unravels. Mm. I would watch that. I watched Rare Exports for the first time this year, so that was a great uh, horror Christmas movie. Damn straight. I would. I, I need more of that. Yeah. All right, boys. Any uh, any closing thoughts on on anything for Jackson? It sounds like we're kind of we've kind of gotten most of the things out of the way here. Anything for Jackson? Any? What did I say? Anything for Jackson? That's what I said. Anything for Jackson? Uh, you're not. Okay. Never mind. I'm not catching. I'm not picking up what you're putting no, down, Jeremy. Sorry to say. Uh, what what else to say? Uh, 
the guy, <laughs> the the guy putting his head in the fantastic um, snowmobile. Another. <laughs> I thought that that was Nolan North for like half of the oh, movie. Oh yeah. And I didn't want to stop. I didn't want to stop to. Um, look at IMDb because I was so like invested in this movie, but I was like, "Is that fucking Nolan North?" Because he sounds yes, just like him too, a little that, bit. I I didn't catch on to that when I was watching it, but even just my memory of it, you bring him up, and I'm like, ah. the the moment where he sticks his head in the snowplow is the moment I was referring to earlier, where I like clapped and went, "Oh shit!" Because mm-hmm. that because yeah. that was like out of left field and scary and hilarious all at the same time. Also, Cohen Brothers. Yeah, there's, there's literally. Um, there's the, going back to. I guess what I would want to close on is going back to um, the the way that the comedy never really they never really latch it on to what you're doing. The comedy is no. never at the forefront of what they're trying to do, but it's there because they're having a good time. It's something that I felt when I was watching Thunder Road, where Thunder Road is a very mm. funny movie. But the comedy is always is always coming second to the sadness that the movie is mm-hmm. really kind of dealing with. The things are funny and things are happening. It's very similar with Wolf of Snow Hollow. I rewatched Wolf of Snow Hollow recently because I'm really kind of starting to develop where my top 10 of the year is going to fall. And usually I'll pick like five where I'm like, I need to revisit that. I need to check it out again. Wolf of Snow Hollow on a second watch was even better than the first time. It's... It, there's a lot of that same energy from Thunder Road in there where a lot of the funny stuff and a lot of the horror stuff is being held is being kind of held back by the more grand thing that he's trying to talk about, which is, uh, you know, the movie is very much just about like the abuse of women and the different the different abuses that women have to take in certain things and that's kind of and the different women in your life that have to take these abuses sometimes it's from you and sometimes it's from the outside world he's also got that whole thing with the dad and it's very it's very important that the mother is never mentioned um it's it's in watching so in watching this it was reminding me a lot of like why i like thunder road so much is because there is it has to be so hard making a movie that is a horror movie that is also got this kind of layer of dark comedy to make it so things don't get too ridiculous and silly and be able to really keep that tone and hold it down. And it's one of the things that I don't think that I would ever be able to do because I would just be having too much fun making a movie like this. And the fact that they're able to kind of like, like the, the costume work design and all of this, the, um, I'm trying to remember the, uh, like the ghosts, right? Like we've got that crooked, crooked man, man is so is oh fucking man. twisted. We've got oh man, we've got like creepy little garden flowers guy, like the the, the escape mental patient. We've got the like devil. the actual the the gums lady, the gums lady. That's the, the one floss, that I was trying to think of. That's lady. the first one that shows up. And when that first happens, you're oh like, man. this is so this is so zero to eighty, so fast and so gross. And so kind of funny if you really think about it, because you're like, that's not real. That is an actress with prosthetics and they built them mm-hmm. and they're doing this thing. And like the teeth are falling and the sound of the teeth falling. And I, I dude, I love that shot. So it's such a brilliant shot, like just the close up of her feet as she's kind of shuffling yeah. towards them and just dropping yeah. teeth one by one. Man, also real gross. A, plus. a great thing. And I think we talked about this before on um I think we talked about this on It Comes at Night, maybe, because we did that episode. 
another great thing I love in horror movies where one person thinks they're talking to one person and then all of a sudden they get a phone mm. call from that person or they see mm-hmm. that person like across the street and they're like, wait, then who have I been talking to? Like, it's but who was but phone? Who was phone? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is that a reference that so I was great? Getting? It's an old meme. Potentially. But who was phone? Yeah. But who was phone? Just type in but who was phone. It's, you're you're, you're, you're making it. out with your girl and then you get it and then you get a call and it's like oh it's her dad take her home now and then you hang up and you're like oh your dad called i i need to take you home but your girl's like oh but my dad's been dead then who was phone get it that's a that's a meme walk i love it it's mm-hmm. the, the it's the, really the, funny when you the, explain it. Out. That's why I was like, I'm not gonna look. I was yeah. about to just look it up, and Jeremy started explaining, it and I was like, I'm yeah. gonna put my phone down because it's probably better in text. I bet form. you Jeremy's fucking got this. The the humor yeah. the humor of the of the meme just comes from just the horrendous spelling of the whole story, which is why it plays so well on a on an audio. You know only, what, Jeremy? To give uh, you credit, the way that you were telling it. I pretty much locked in on the horrendous spelling. I, I could I could feel the energy when you were like, but who mm. was phone? I was like, sounds like that wasn't spelled correctly. Sm- sounds like there were some grammar mistakes made there. A little bit. All right, gentlemen. All right. I think that's probably going to do it for anything for Jackson. If uh, Unless you, Jeremy, you sound like you've got a closing thought. Go ahead. Do I? Um... Please do. Shit. Your 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 face told me that you had, I had something to I, say. I had a thought before when Mike was talking about mm. uh, Wolf of Snow Hollow. I would say that for me, I think that anything for Jackson balanced its humor with its horror a little bit more strongly, a little bit more effectively than Wolf of Snow Hollow. Sure, did, but uh, that's going for very different tones. Yeah, yeah it's I think, a little sure. bit of different yeah. tones. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. that. Wolf, Wolf of Snow Hollow is definitely going for a Coen Brothers vibe feel. I although sure. I think in the case of anything for Jackson, I don't think it was it was quite as much of a direct influence. It just kind of, it just kind of naturally felt that way. That that's a yeah, very good. I agree. Point. I agree. All right. Well, thank you very much, Mike, and thank you very much, Jeremy, for joining me. Um, this is not the only podcast we do. Uh, you can go to StoryScreenBeacon.com to find all kinds of other podcasts, as well as reviews, articles, pretty soon. I don't know if this podcast will be going up before or after, but pretty soon you're going to be able to find out what our favorite movies of the year were. Um, We're all writing our list right now, getting in these last... This is a movie that was like, Mike told me, go watch this movie, because this is a very you movie, and guess what? It might just sneak onto that list of mine. Have you... Uh, The polls have not quite closed yet. Have you seen Relic? No, that's one on my list that of like was, things to to watch. That was uh, that was something I was referring to earlier. Yeah, uh, when I was I was too I, serious. I was not a fan of Relic. Right? No, no, no. You said you turned that one off. No, 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 no. You have to see the end of Relic. That's the whole point. When you just said it takes itself too seriously, I was like, Relic. You didn't get to the end. You well, don't say no, anymore because no, 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 no. I, I need to watch it too. It was not grabbing me. I need to watch. Yeah, I need to watch. Relic and his house. His um, house also uh, slaps very hard. And uh, Synchronic just came out on VOD. It did, today, but they want so me to, to buy it. 
Oh shit! I'm gonna buy. I'm gonna buy it too. Like I'm a little. They they got my number. They know what I am. Yeah, dude, it's like thirteen bucks. It's not. They could have charged you way more. Um, It's fine. And it goes. It goes to them. I'm into it. That's Benson and Moorhead. They uh, they 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 do good work. So yeah, they sure do. They sure do. Uh, Mike, do you have anything real quick that you want to plug um, on your podcast end? Because I think you do the most non-hot takes podcast. So Um, I'm going to leave that to you and then we're going to wrap up. Yeah, I would say just uh, anybody who uh, is digging all this, uh, all the stuff that's kind of leading up to, you know, we're about to stop talking about movies that were released in 2020, especially on hot takes. Uh, We're about to do all of our best of lists, as Jack had just said. So uh, if anybody wants some fun extra stuff that's going to be happening, uh, they can sign up for our exclusive content page. Uh, It's five bucks a month, and we guarantee at least two articles and two podcasts a month uh, extra stuff. We've got like my Movie Daddy uh, series that's on there where I'm talking about my boy Stevie Spielberg, and we've got Stalking Carpenter, which is coming to a close soon, and... We're going to be launching another podcast after that. And we've also got the Colette stuff where me and Bernadette Gorman White are covering the entire filmography, every single movie that Tony Collette has ever been in. Um, and it is a lot of fun. That one is really cool because it's introducing me to movies that I never would have even heard <laughs> of that I'm actually really enjoying. Um and if you know if if Burge has not heard of a movie, hey. then it is a deep hey, cut. Like I know about movies 2011 on, you're usually not going to surprise me. But before that, there's some weird fucking shit out there. Like, I like uh, there's something like 28 movies get made a year. Did you know that? Like it's as high as that. Like 28 movies get made a year. Wow. At least. Can at you least, believe that? At, least. at, at least. most. Yeah. 28 movies. Most. Wow. That's it, huh? Just that they put they the cap can't make in. Any more, I don't know. They from, can't release any more than that. What movie theaters would they play in? That's true. Well, now now they might be closer uh, to the actual number. But yeah, I would say sign up for the exclusive content if you dig this stuff. Uh, if this is your first time listening, welcome. Uh, five bucks a month really goes a long way for us. Uh, uh, we, we have like a bunch of people that are on there. It's a really cool community. Everybody talks to one another. It's a lot of fun. We're trying to be a little bit more um, uh, intricate with how we're kind of talking with everybody and allowing listeners to help kind of choose what we're doing. And we just need like a bigger fan base uh, to be able to make those fun things happen. So if you, if you like us and you like what we're talking about, Slip us, slip us that five bucks. It's a PayPal. It's fine. I, it's I PayPal. have, an, I have an article on that on there too. You did, you do, wow. you do. It's fun. Great. Uh, and if you want to just check us out on social media, you can go to story underscore screen on Instagram and story underscore screen underscore beacon on Twitter. Did I get that backwards? You got looking it. At no. me. I got it. Okay. Um. Yeah, and uh, and go talk to us on there too, because we all see that stuff. So, thank you, gentlemen, again, and thank you out there for listening. And until next time, bye, bye, bye. Stay spicy. Mm-hmm.